Today on the show, Radical Ones, we continue our sword and sorcery summer with 1982's The Beastmaster. I'm Dar. I'm no threat to you. It's time to get radical. Something really special that I've been promising to show you. What would you do to get him? Grab him and take him. Take him. Like that. Hey, look! The Dungeons and Dragons try! Yes! Let this be our final battle! I have my eyes. I have my cunning. And now I have strength. A never-ending adventure new for your Nintendo Entertainment System. Zelda! You must find a champion. Welcome back, Radical Ones, to another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, here with everyone's favorite brother and mine, David, for another episode of our Sword and Sorcery Summer. Welcome back, David. Thank you for having me. We couldn't finish the summer without you, David. A matter of fact, we are in our last two movies of our Sword and Sorcery. Can you believe it? We've conquered summer at this point. I'm actually very excited about having done another summer of a theme. I really like this whole summer theme things that we do, and I hope everyone enjoyed this one. But today, today I'm bringing my strength, my cunning, and my eyes. And your thighs. Ooh, 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 ooh. It was foretold by witches. It was conceived through sorcery. And it was to be destroyed by all that is evil. But the courage of one mortal saved it. And so, into an age of darkness, in a time of mysticism, sacrifice, and plunder, there came the only light, the Beastmaster. Born with the strength of a black tiger, the courage of an eagle, the power that made him more than any hero. More than any lover. He was lord and master over all beasts. He was the Beast Master. Behold the wonder. The horror. The fantasy. The challenge of the one warrior they called the Beast Master. Mark Singer is Dar. Tanya Roberts is Carrie. Rip Torn is Mayak. John Amos is Seth. Together, they take us on a fascinating journey back into unexplored times. Conquer your fears. Face the unknown. And discover the incredible link between man, animal, and all that is phantasmagorical. In the world of dungeons, dragons, and dar. Beastmaster, the epic adventure of a new kind of hero. David, we are doing 1982's The Beastmaster, which says Dar, an ancient warrior with the ability to communicate telepathically with animal allies, sets out to stop the crazed plans of an evil high priest named Maramala? Mayak. Mayax. Mayax. It's M-A-A-X. Mayak. Mayax. Okay. I have been purposely watching every movie that we do with the 
subtitles, the closed capturing. It's so funny when obviously there's mistakes that always come up, but it, what the funny part of it is, like I looked at Mayax and I'm like, his name is Max because it's M A A X, and then I'm X. like, no, it's Mayax. So anyway, yeah, this very interesting. R is the god. It's not even Ra. It's R, and you've got Max or Mayax. So I just thought it was interesting. Dar. When Dar is naming these creatures, I honestly laughed. Okay, so we got Kodo and Poto, which is the ferrets. <laughs> I'm gonna name you Kodo. You get a name too, Poto. Kodo and Poto. My friends. But when he names the panther, which, by the way, I could tell right away, too. Did you notice it was a tiger underneath and it was dyed black? Yeah. I mean, it was like, at some points, it, it, they didn't even try, it looked like. But his name, the way he said his name, too, sounded like he just went, oh, and that's, Ugh. so. You're uh, you're uh, Your name is It was very phlegmy, but you know what? We'll take it. So what I remember about this movie, David, is our grandmother. Do you remember this? Our grandmother used to watch this movie or like this movie, I remember. I mean, it was on TV all the time. Well, she was she was like a barbarian. And I'm sure... <laughs> Here's, here's a little trivia for you. Our great-great-grandmother had an upwards of 27 children. I actually have a news article from 1921 from the New York Times or whatever it was at that point. They were celebrating their 21st child's birth. Same same man. She yes, had multiple, yes. <laughs> Important. multiple twins and triplets. Some of them passed away. Obviously, the, the Times and not being able to have the proper medic medicine and help. My point to this is she would give birth to all these kids and go back work in the fields. Yes, I remember our grandmother saying that, that she gave birth to our great-grandmother, right? And yeah. she just laid her down in the field and went back to work. Mm -hmm. She was more of a man than I'll ever be. And, and more than I will. Gay, gay thing aside, not even about that, it's just in general, she was more of a man than us combined. Well, let's face it, they don't make people like they did, I don't think, in the past. Like, we are now used to our cushiony lifestyle. We don't live in a village on stilted pieces of wood like Dar did in this movie. Mm. Which would have been the way, what was that? Like that town was continuously flooded because why else would you have these these houses on For these safety? Hills? But then I'm thinking fire. Or to, or to utilize, or to utilize a minimal amount of space. Oh, I like that actually. Because you have to that remember when you're building a village or something and you're putting a barriers around it, you only have so much manpower and you only have so much space and time, I guess so. And you can see people coming from where you are. You you, you mean you could see points. the cloud that was, like, unbelievable? The cloud in the distance <laughs> from these mm. people coming? That was honestly hysterical. And, David, I found out, we're going all over the place, Radical Ones, but the director was not involved in the visual effects. David actually mentions this, that the film, off camera, he mentioned that the film looks pretty good still. Vinegar Syndrome made a ultra 4K restoration a few years ago, and let the director use alternate updated visual effects. That one part when there's that cloud coming when they're going to attack Dar's village, evidently he fixed that and it doesn't look like a stampede of elephants coming or or the fog. That was actually interesting and I would love to see this on a 4K Blu-ray. So did we see the 4K quote-unquote version? I don't even think it was. When I turned this on, first of all, the beginning, I don't remember if it was like an MGM or whatever movie it was. Like The beginning was totally degraded the opening the tiger roaring or the paramount or whatever it was that it was horrible looking and then you go into the movie and i have to say i thought the quality of the movie was amazing we're talking what is this 82 84 82 so this is over 40 years old 41 years old so i even asked ryan i said did they clean it up you know so then we did his research on that so let's before we go any further so it is a fantasy movie it is about the main character is dar there is a kingdom 
and it's kind of a power struggle. It's almost very historical in the sense, like, you know, you had the Catholic Church versus the kings of the time, and which had more power and influence. So you have Mayax, who was the high priest of R, and he he has these witches that have smoking bodies, like these amazing, and they're always showing up, you know, this is again, this is the summer of, of titties and booty. They're all in these sexy, like, loin, everything sticking out, and they're gorgeous women, but they have the most god-awful, like, burnt pig faces. I love that. They're actually, I guess this is a goal back to the three witches again that we had in Shakespearean time and, you know, various movies, but they are spread open, David. They're three women over a, like, a fountain, a portal, a viewing portal, much like... Like a cauldron of, cauldron. yeah, like a mumra, like a mumra. Yeah, and I, I, I wrote, I said, amazing bodies, evil pig melted faces. The, and that one shot where they pan up the body and it's that pig it's matter of fact it's a pig face but it's so small compared to the woman's body i laughed so hard that was a highlight for me and because you know they knew what they were doing they panned up this woman's body and then it's like this amazing so yes that's how we start (laughs) so you have these evil witches that help mayax and they say that the prophecy is the king will have a baby and uh, the queen will have a baby and this will be the one who kills him so this is very much in the same vein as a lot of these fantasy the sword movies. And the this is actually this is actually in the vein if you want to go really like into it like very much and forgive the comparison because it's not I'm not trying to but like uh, the plot of like Jesus's birth there's a king who knows that something was going some person I guess in that sense like they, that's how they viewed it a, a king uprising will will finish him off and end his reign of terror so very much like these plots of you're right Shakespearean they're classic. yeah they're, it's they're like, classic they're and they'll never be out of style. <laughs> and again, it's the thank you, Taylor Swift. This will be those power struggle again that, that seeking power. The king finds out that Mayax is planning to kill his unborn son. There is a, a thing with that where the witches and Mayax escapes. But, okay, so that scene in the beginning, Mayax is saying this to the king, right? And then the next scene is him leaving. He looks over to this cloaked figure with a cow, and I thought it was something that was going to go against him but that's one of his witches and then when she does that it looked like a glow stick david she opened a glow stick the liquid from a glow stick put it on to dar's parents which i'm assuming what it stopped them from screaming and making sounds so she could steal this baby and put it in a cow that was horrifying well, that's an easy transport. That was something I completely forgot about this movie. I don't know if I usually caught it when he was already in the action with the animals, but when that witch put it in the cow and then had that whole sacrifice thing, I didn't remember that. Did not remember it. When we talk a little later, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something that I completely forgot, which actually kind of scared me as a child. So, yes, the witch comes. She, she puts a spell on the king and queen. She steals the baby. I thought that she actually killed them. She did something to them at the end they were going to die so this liquid that she put on them basically kept them from screaming but also kept them from moving and then she yes. makes this she says your unborn child is ours like with her scary <laughs> pirate, pi- pirate rich voice so you come upon the witch who is going to sacrifice the baby and you see this villager person i don't know where random. he's coming from random walking with his horse or donkey and he sees it and he, he and she literally takes a branding iron and burns the baby's hand and then he sees that she's about to sacrifice the baby and he ends up hitting her with an arrow right or no he, he has like this throwable like it's not the chakra from xena it's giving me it is definitely giving me lucy lawless xena <laughs> yeah but that man had no he didn't have the passion to do any calls for dar <laughs> no <laughs> no there was none of that maybe the maybe the witch did it he ends up raising dar and you could tell that this father figure really did love him and and took care of him which was wonderful and i have to tell you this movie with this sort of loving masculine man 
Well, I mean, he, you know, he to see an actual movie, especially an older movie where the father was not trying to toughen up his son or yeah. or he had to be a certain way and showing actual physical affection, I think most men really need to learn to do that with their young children. Maybe not most, maybe I'm being like a little bit too harsh, but hugging your child doesn't make them weak. Public service announcement to everybody. Everybody needs love. And actually a study was done and I think children need a considerable amount of hugs to thrive every day and they don't always they I don't love hugs I love that anyway I like that that really appealed to me that he was a father figure he loved Dar very much he kept him safe he taught him all the knowledge that he had to impart on him including using excuse me if I'm not pronouncing right a caber so like it sounds like saber but it's a caber and it's this kind of like multi-functional boomerang slash you know yes very boomerang matter of fact that's he throws it to kill the witch in the beginning the father he grabs the baby and unbeknownst to him she didn't die and she's right behind him and he ends up stabbing her with his sword so now we're down one witch the story progresses where dar is getting older and be growing into his manhood it also you know what's really funny is that the father also liked having fun like they pranked another villager and unfortunately that villager then got devoured and gnarled up by the cocaine bear you all fool When the bear walks out, honestly, I didn't think it was a real bear at first because there's a shot and it, the way it walked, it looked like someone in a costume, but I found out it really was a bear. No, that's how bears up, do walk. It, yes, I. it did look, but it, it was like even to me, it looked so So heightened. basically they got cocaine bear and they th- like tried to do, a, do that and they put like some fake blood on the bear's face saying that he mauled somebody. In real life, they said during that scene, as soon as it came out, attacked the bear trainer <laughs> when they started filming. You know, when you work with animals, in this thing, the bear, he speaks to the bear, and then the bear goes away. But like David said, not without killing that fellow village. <laughs> and the father so like, don't the, say nothing. <laughs> the, the father is trying to take Darn and flee with him, and he trips, and Dar then goes into protecting his father mode, where he actually steps between the bear and his father and he realizes that he can communicate with the bear and the bear leaves. So this is the part where you find out that he has the ability to talk to animals and communicate with love, them. Love, love, love that. Did did Dar get his powers from just his birthright or did because the witches did weird things with him, did he obtain power that way? I was going to ask you the same thing, David. Like, did, their, beha- did their actual zealous behavior of trying to kill this child actually bring upon the downfall of them because they he got some kind of power up from the witches? Why did I think it had to do with him being birthed through the cow, though? For some reason, I thought maybe they're trying to say that he got that because he was in the womb of an animal, but yours maybe makes more sense. But, but, but to, to my point, if that's the case, so they actually, by taking the child, gave him the ability to destroy them. Which is very poetic. That well, was they the deserved it. They were disgusting and evil. Time goes on and then Dar grows up. We see he becomes a young man. Although I don't know how old the actor was at the time. I model. don't care. He had probably, to me, the most smoking body I have ever seen because he he was very muscular, but he was not overly muscular. All right, he wasn't humongous, like a bodybuilder. And that's something wrong with bodybuilders, because they're they're good too. But <laughs> as a, like he had to me the perfect body. Like I would definitely would love to look like that. And this actor, he matter of fact, I mean, through all the Beastmasters that they made, even up until the ones in 1996, I think the third one was, he kept this body. So kudos to him. Kudos Kodo and Podo to him. Podo and Podo! Kudos to him. And I have to say, while we're on him... I wasn't on him. Mm. Mm, you know, we, only have, we only have two more weeks of sword and sorcery, so we got to get this men action in. While he does do some quote-unquote, let's say, questionable things with Kiri, you know, stealing her clothes and things like that, I find him to be a very charming and lighthearted hero. And I like that. It was almost like the sword and the sorcerer when, with Talon. I don't like our heroes to have to be 
brooding and you know like you said this tough i'm a warrior like a very likable character i thought and very likable performance totally agree the progression of the movie is that the the young men of the tribe or the village (laughs) of what was i don't remember what the village's name was of the village's actual it's something with an a i believe emar e E -M -M umar so oh emar (laughs) So I think that's what it is. My village, Emer, was destroyed by the Jun Horde. You see the young men, including Dar, going out to plow fields, and unbeknownst to them, the Jun Horde is coming to kill and attack his small village of Emar. Emar? Emar. Something like that. So here's the thing. Now I have people going to be like, oh God, here they go again, jumping all over the place. So bottom line is the movie is about a young prince who was taken from his parents. He grows up, learns to talk to animals and avenge his family without really realizing it. Okay. So that's the plot thing. Now we're going to go do, do it. We're going to do, we're going to do our normal David and Ryan thing. Or should I say Ryan and David? I don't want to offend the main host. (laughs) Offense taken. How dare you? I don't want I don't want the I don't want Ryan to become Mayax. No, anyway, I'm just kidding. So basically the Jun Horde attack the village. Now, do you think that that is because of the fact that Mayax and his now two evil witches have a premonition that he could be in that village? Like, isn't again, very much like King Herod in the Bible. He goes to different villages and stuff. They're searching to kill just like Sleeping Beauty. Maleficent sends out her evil minions to kill Aurora. The Juns is almost like, not to be confused with the Juds. The Juns, I'm getting what? The Hung Dynasty and, and Attila the Hun and things like that. That's what I'm getting from the Juns. And Mad Ma- Max. Thunderdome. Yeah, Mad Max. We Very- don't need another hero. But we do. So it says a horde of frantic barbarians allied with Mayox slaughtered his village. Truly, the first victim of this movie is the amazing dog that literally drags Dar off into a field and dies. Yes, so they attack the village. They they spared nobody. Women, children, elderly, doesn't oh matter. They kill God. everybody. The villagers are very meek, but they tried to do their best. To, to, they you did. Know, they did try to, to fight, do, at least. They should try to fight. So by the time the young men who are far away in a field come... To, t- to try to aid them, the kind of most of the damage is done. They the, the young men succumb to being killed, and there is a scene where his white dog, it's all white, gets shot with an arrow, and he ends up. Dar gets knocked out, and the dog ends up pulling him out of the village as it's being burnt to the ground with everybody in it. So this is a very tragic moment, and I have to say, I wrote this down. So let me just see what my notes. I said basically, his dog is. Is Todo. Not not Toto, but Todo. T-O-D-O. A wounded... is a very simple man. Kodo, Toto, Coco. Hoda. Hoda from... from... (laughs) (laughs) Kathy Lee. Jenna. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. Kodo, Podo, Hodo, Shodo. Ah, those are my thieves. This is Podo and Kodo. They steal just about anything they can get their hands on. As you can see rings trinkets stones if you like that ring keep it nothing's too good for kodo and podo no thought went into these names he's just like yeah (laughs) that's you so a wounded todo drags dar to safety and i put this is why again this movie definitely appealed to me it had heart let me tell you something for a low budget film i think they did an amazing job the cinematography i did make a note earlier on that the opening music sounded more like dynasty or falcon crest or something in the very beginning (laughs) i was waiting for jr to come out you know (laughs) and that intro now that you just bring it up really quickly i was getting night of the living dead remake the end credits with those photography photos of like crime scene that's what i was getting with the bird and we kept getting closer and closer to it in this grainy look but yes i think it's a beautifully shot movie david beautifully shot so dar wakes up and he sees that todo is dead and he brings still breathing thankfully for us todo back to the village and i said broke my heart because he places the dead dog 
dog on his deceased father in his arms and like they're sleeping and that just could gut my heart it was very touching i was very moved with that myself david and oh i mean we'll get into it later but there is so many emotional beats in this movie like that and it always has to involve with the animals i think so that's what makes beastmaster different i think again like you're saying it's not the typical like I just have a horse to get me here. This guy, every time he passes, Dar passes even a donkey. I like that he'll just put his hand on it. Very in touch with the animals. <laughs> and it's definitely a partnership. He doesn't treat them be- like beneath him, like they're his servants. No. And that's what I like too. So after that, there is a definitely a training montage. He's swinging his big stick yes, while he communi- he's communicating with an eagle on top of a mountain. Then he gets to the father's sword and starts training with the sword after he trained with this large log stick thing on the side of a mountain. Drawing these scenes, the hawk that they they have in the movie did not like Ardar. The bird didn't like Mark Singer. And when he pulled out the sword, David, evidently he, he went and, it, and, and like swooped down and they couldn't get this bird to fly. So they had to attach it to a basket with a balloon and then release him so he would just at least glide down. So they had a lot of problems problems with the bird but i love the bird as one of his companions on this journey how did how do you use the birds in the movie Depths desperately seeking susan when roberta gets arrested they think she's a prostitute and she's in the back of a of a police car with an with an actual prostitute and they she goes how do you use the birds (laughs) she's got birds from the magic show that she has to work at that's right so how do you use them dar not very well (laughs) then you come to a part after the train montage where you meet two ferrets who steal his belt he's running after them and let me tell you something i i had ferrets well my my roommate had ferrets but they were like mine too they're very quick but these ferrets were on steroids i never seen a ferret i never seen a ferret run so fast you know 25 ferret played kodo and poto by the way and How they many? enticed 25 different ones they said they were often baited with food to go and look wherever they were needed four tigers played the i wonder if fran drescher would get them full money for all the different ferrets or just pay for only 25 ferrets and you're and you're paying them for one you guys know that we do record some of these ahead of time right and so obviously the writers guild and and what is it the sag after yeah after are striking right now so that's why i kind of bring it up um you know i'm being in our little podcast we're not in sag so but we support them you know we support them it it, it would be crazy to say that if let's say we finally do hit the mark and we definitely are working with red circle that if if we hit the mark and we were making all this money for them and whatever and they're like oh here's two dollars we're gonna use ai to do another podcast without you but we are we, we 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 have yeah we have the i'm saying if you know obviously they're not going to do that but i was if if they're like well we can use your likeness and your voice to do another podcast and we don't have to pay you because we paid you two dollars once before that would be devastating and that is to me why i totally support what they're going through matter of fact i saw a lot of podcasts are now doing solidarity that they're not even reviewing movies i actually honestly thought about how could we not how could we not i honestly did think about that ryan you have to remember too i bet you a lot of these podcasts are actually being paid through some sort of entertainment like we're not we're we're kind of the little guys on the totem pole we are the low budget version we're not even on the totem pole we're in the dirt beneath that totem pole hoping to crawl our way up through the mud literally through the the quicksands to find Dar. So anyway. That's a segue. What about the quicksand scene with Kodo and Poto? Like, I have a bad feeling that they literally threw a ferret into that water. Uh, in that To that quicksand. Because it looked like it was real when it went in there. And I'm like, wait, can ferrets breathe under this gunk? Yes, so Dar running after the ferrets falls into quicksand, and he's able to communicate with the ferrets to gnarl on a branch of a tree to fall down to get them. And then you see one of them, Kodo or Poto, I don't know which one it was, fell into the quicksand, and the other ferret is talking to Dar, communicating, saying, look, my my friend or whatever, my partner is, please, please, you know, get get him. And so Dar does save them, and then he names them Kodo and Poto. And then we're moving on. That's where the famous, I have my eyes, I have my cunning, and now 
I have my strength when he meets Rah Rue Rue McClanahan <gasps> Rue Rue McClanahan <gasps> from the Golden Girls. He writes Rah. It's almost like he's like with a tiger. Rah. Rah. That's what so, I took it like. Your name is so we get <sighs> we get to every straight teenage boy's fantasy, which oh is the scene where he God. meets the beautiful Kira. She really is. Now she really she is. she is a stunner. Tanya Roberts. Tanya Roberts was a stunner. I know she recently, right? Yeah, like I think 2018, 19, she got some kind of bacterial infection. But beautiful woman, one of the Charlie's Angels in the yes. last season. A View to a Kill. James I mean, Bond. she's she's just stunning. Obviously, she had other talents as far as she was an actress but i mean they but, definitely I mean, visually visually stunning you know it's like I, it's so funny i was just watching a graham norton clip and i don't know what it was margot robbie and some other oh jim carrey and he's like it must be so difficult so difficult with all your disabilities to be able to have to still succeed in this business he was saying that she's so stunning that you know making fun of the fact that she's beautiful it must have been so difficult getting any sort of parts with your clearly your disadvantages this is what he tells her so i thought it was funny so yeah she was beautiful but let's face it why did they pick her on this movie oh because she was beautiful and they wanted to undress and she was and and she was willing to do frontal nudity and not for anything what about that random villager that they just undressed when they were attacking the the town too i was just like they just had to unbooby one woman but kodo and poto run off of her clothes So he sets up this elaborate scheme to impress Kira with the panther and all this stuff. So this is where we're going to talk again. We're going to have a moment to talk about good touch and bad touch. We're going to have a moment to talk about gratuitous nudity. So this is again, in the, like I always say, it's in the same vein as all of these barbarian movies. Women are basically property to be owned, able to, they rape them, they rip their clothes off. They have no regard for them. There's no decency in this sense. And then, so he, and Ryan had had kind of touched upon this just a little while ago about how Dar is seemingly harmless. He's not a mean spirit. He's not. So he comes up with this elaborate thing to like use the panther to be like, I'll protect you from the panther. He's he's powerful. But maybe if we're, we show no fear. Right. You know, right. and he does this thing and he's like doing this thing where he's nodding his head, telling the freaking panther, get lost. Come on, dude, get lost. And the panther's like, I don't I want to see what's going to happen here. And he finally gets the panther to go. And then he grabs grabs her and starts and to throws himself her, like, on top of it doesn't he wrestle thinks that because he did this great act or at least she thinks this great act has happened that he deserves to get some loving and he forces himself on top of her at some point and i i guess i said i wish he didn't he didn't do that but in my case i would have never put up a fight with that man yeah <laughs> I mean, I would have, I would have just, if I was her, I would have pushed his head down or something, but I would have never had a fight with him. Well, here you go. In a deleted scene, Kiri has sex with Dar after he is banished by the King Zed. It was so cold that night that as soon as the director yelled cut, crew members rushed over to cover Tanya Roberts with blankets. Oh, thank you. Thank God. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for thank covering Thank you, her India. Thank you. We find out that Kiri is a slave, of course, much like every movie that we've done so far <laughs> this summer that you gotta have a slave girl and Multiple they say that girls. she basically he says why don't you run away with me she says I can't because they'll kill my family motivation who are you I am Kiri slave to the priests of the temple of Or. they would be like a beast I am a slave what would you have me do Run away. I'll protect you. You don't understand. I must go back. If I don't, my family will be put to death. Then let me go with you. You would do well to forget me and follow the Jens. With them, you could die like a man. Not so with the priests of Ar. Goodbye, Dar. Be careful. At yeah. that point, he bids Kiri farewell. She says, forget about her. She goes on her way to be sacrificed, basically. He can't get her out of his mind. He ends up going towards... This kingdom, which is Ark. So Ark. this is the part where I forget. Ends up going to this marshy, freaking, like, weird, like, oh. Clash of the Titans, Calibus. 
place. Oh my god, yeah. He comes across a basically a bubbling stew of body parts, and he comes across these things that have, like, what? they're very tall. Basically, he comes across someone in a, a man in a cage. He lets the man go. The man runs, and these things come and engulf him. They have, like, almost like bat type of cellular like things that come down and they grab him and they disintegrate him and eat him oh, it and only like leave the blob or something and leaves, like yeah, that. And, and leave nothing but the bones. It, it left nothing and it comes into this mushy colored like liquid, like a like a disgusting goo liquid. They're described as eerie, half bird, half human, but I wouldn't even say bird. I know they worship birds and that comes into it, but to me they look more alien-like or demonic or creatures and they literally absorb you so dar is outmatched and he there is a icon no what is it not an icon it's like it's a a statue yeah an icon a black hawk or eagle and so he summons the bird that jumps gets on his shoulder i wonder if they had to (laughs) had to tie the bird down at that point or drug it must be like i hate this At this point, they basically let him go because he is controls the bird or the bird has selected him as being held in a higher regard than their food source, I guess. He gets like a, a teen witch amulet. <laughs> he gets to go away. And at one point, the thing ju- like starts to like it's going like to encircle him, but puts a sword out and, and the, the creature, an amulet falls down with the symbol of the bird on it. And then he ends up going and he goes into the village or the, t- the city, I should say, and he sees Mayak sacrifice children throwing them into fires Mar is not yet satisfied hold back from Mar what is his and you will all perish by his hand will you dare the fate I could not get over this. I was like, oh no, no, the babe, the kid's gonna get saved, right? Oh no, no, the first one didn't. I was horrified, but I mean, this happened in real life. I mean, this is stuff that happened. Yeah, basically he then ends up saving a little girl. He has his bird friend, his <laughs> eyes, rescue the girl. You see him as everyone's bowing down to Mayax. He won't bow down and Mayax is giving him that weird, like snarly look. What was with the nose? David, yes. Okay, so that was a fake nose. And the actor wanted to portray the role as a turkey vulture. This is how he, I I don't know if that's how a turkey vulture would would speak in real life as a human but the actor wanted that nose oh this you know who this actor is he's famous he's not just yeah he's a famous oh he's been in everything right this guy well-known actor emerin rip torn jr and they call him rip torn so the actor who plays mayax has been in everything from dodgeball to men in black he was the voice in hercules he was in the Beastmaster. he has been in quite a few movies honestly freddy got fingered which i still think is, is a funny title and the Larry Sanders show. So he's a great villain, you know. I mean, if you need one, he looks. He looks. He's the. Oh, he's the okay. He's. It's more. I think the witches and the plot around him that makes it more mysterious and fun. So basically, he uses Koto and Poto to smell the girl to see where her family lives, and he returns. <laughs> The girl that was to her, great to, to her very humble family, and then the the this father is in debt to. Dar. Well, here's the thing: this is a very much like what we talk about when we do our Thundercats. Dar has slowly but surely winning over people. Like he saved people, he's showed concern, he's trying to help people. Oh, oh my God! I forgot about the gaudy ring, the eye ring. That was one of my notes. There's this gaudy eye ring that that comes up. So I have a question for you. So at some point in his travels Mayak sends out his priests who are more like they look like Harry Krishna's from the you know remember they were in the yes, 80s they, they do they and do. they do they do bizarre things they have this what I would say is nothing to do with the times it almost looks like in like a, something you'd see in like a Chinese or Japanese like film of like that kind of fan of these little claw things that they throw and they can either stab yes. you or they, can, or they can throw it up to the ceiling on a chain and they, yes. they even hang themselves in in honor of Mayax and big trouble little China anyway the priests go to get him his panther falls in a trap and he meets tal and seth who is john amos i believe john amos from good times yes of course most known for and he befriends them they're very good with their staffs here's the thing if if you remember in the beginning seth is part of the king's guard yes yes so that's why he's he's protecting tal or tal tal so question for you 
this is all incestuous because Kira, unless she's through marriage, Kira is Tal's cousin, and technically they must wow. have had another. They they must have had another child after Dar, which is Tal. So Kira is really is really wow. Dar's cousin. If Tal, but again, it could have just been through like a marriage. Then maybe they're not because. They ask him to help recover the king because the king yes, is it, the Mayax, heir. <clears throat> Mayax has him in the temple. So that happens. And then you also meet a variety of new things, including psychotic creatures that they torture. They put like things inside their ears, oh. which is very much Flash Gordon. The ball worms. I got very also Resident Evil with that, where Umbrella would experiment and then make these creatures that are crazy and then arm them with armor like this. But yeah, that was bondage wear. Wasn't it almost at one point crazy running bondage wear robot people who like literally got lobotomized and just become these creatures? They're basically anything they see, they're going to kill. It's like bath salts. <laughs> There's that hallway scene. You don't even know what these creatures are. You just see their arms full of spikes and they're grabbing and, and you know, trying to reach for you. And then when you see that they make these creatures, I really did love that. But it's very creepy what they do to those people. They turn you into zombies, basically. But they're violent and they're very powerful and they end up killing. But they do torture them. And then they put these things in their ears that melt their brain and eat their brain. So they become <sighs> essentially... <sighs> Just killing machines with no stopping them. So bottom line is they rescue the king. The king comes up with this idea. But unfortunately, Mayax knows all of their plans because Kodo and Poto grabbed a ring off of one of the one of the priests of Mayax. He's got quite a collection, by the way. And there's a ma- and it's a magic ring that an eye opens up out of it so the witches can see what's going on. So Dars wants to help them, but he says it would be suicide basically to to do this because Mayax already knows what they're going to do. The king, this is a part where, again, I I guess maybe as a more, uh, I guess a sensitive, more sensitive person or whatever, the king does not like the answer. He's out for revenge. And he's like, we're going to go no matter what, even though Mayax is ready for them. And he basically calls Dar a freak that talks to animals and rejects him. Now, at this point, Dar doesn't know that it's his father, but he cries. He goes away. And then the king does go on further and banishes him like how dare you step to me yes meanwhile yes. he he saved kira he saved his young son he saved him you need to be humble but he was blinded by revenge Dr- literally literally blinded blinded. By <laughs> May- yeah mayax cut his eyes out so basically they all get captured kira says she cannot be with him she has a duty to, to her family she can't be with him because of he, he was banished so then you find out that everybody has been captured and yes. then Dar comes back to to help them basically. So yeah, Dar decides to return to save them from being sacrificed. And in the conflict that follows, Mayox reveals that Dar's relationship with Zed before slitting Zed's throat. And Zed is the father of Dar. And facing the Beastmaster, despite being stabbed, Mayox is revived by a witch. And when he attempts to kill Dar, Kodo sacrifices himself to cause the high priest to fall into the sacrificial flames. Traumatized, David? Traumatized. And I actually was confused. I was confused because I always remembered there just being the two ferrets. And I looked this up, even though... Oh my god, and when the babies are born, I teared up at the end. But those babies, I don't think are mentioned, because it says in Beastmaster 2, Kodo and Poto are just together again without anything being mentioned. So I'm glad that he came back. He came back to life. But it just shows these animals sacrifice for him. They're they're true friends. And this, I'm going to be honest with you, I truly feel this way about animals in real life, because my dogs will protect me, even the littlest ones, will go to protect me and my children at all costs, no matter what. That's real loyalty. I can't say that for our two-legged friends all the time. No, truly. Don't be negative. Not always. (laughs) This is a positive podcast, sir. (laughs) We do try. We do try. So the Beastmaster really is a movie about these animals, I feel like. And like we're saying, this sacrifice just shows what connection Dar has with them. To the point of, yeah, the the sacrifice was just, it was so touching. And I was so thrilled that this guy fell into those flames, David. Because the way he was just tossing these kids like it was nothing into these sacrificial flames. Man, he had it coming. He had it coming. He had it coming. He had it coming. All along. 
the last leg of this movie and definitely to our listeners who've been listening this whole time apologies but it was actually a very long movie and there was a lot going on it this isn't legend where you bounce from one major scene to the end like literally this is like this was more drawn out than i thought it was going to be how many minutes is this movie well it is an hour and 58 minutes so it's two hours basically another thing again with the director david wanted this movie to be fast paced and he a matter of fact cut it quicker and and then somewhere along the line, the studio said it was too fast paced and they asked the editor to extend each scene by minutes. So each scene went on longer than they were supposed to be. Again, it sucks when the director's vision gets screwed up like this. That's why you have director's cut. I would love to see what the director came up on with this vinegar syndrome new edit that he made. Basically, the last scene of the, the last part of this movie is the John Horde is coming now. They've killed Mayax, they've taken back the city, but the Jun Horde is now going to come in and kill everybody, basically. Right, it's not over. Just because you killed the big bad, the the Horde is still coming. Exactly. And this battle ensues where all the villagers are inside well it was like a castle wall right it was almost like the army of darkness where they seal up the the walls of the city so here's the thing there is a disgusting tar moat thing that is around the whole kingdom yes. there's one bridge in and that's in and out it's one bridge so geniusly they end up pulling the bridge back it's very smart and end up putting having all the villagers throwing sand over the tar so that the jun horde will they move it just enough so the jun horde will think they're just at the at the bridge but they'll fall into the tar I thought that was genius and i love the quote from seth and he says basically pull for your freedom pull with your literally heart. you're doing put your, this for put, your your, life. put your heart into it yeah because the amount of things that they had to cover david to cover that i can't even imagine but they did it and the horde is coming closer we see them coming to the spot and you also see dar at some point give the eagle amulet to to the bird his friend and he is going back to these creatures the bird i mean they don't they don't give them a name they just call them the bird men did you ever notice that there was one part that dar did the shira thing where at some point he put his fingers yes. to his temple it wasn't quite the shira thing you know where she looks like she's almost doing the illuminati symbol but birds, she does birds. he does this thing he summons birds birds hear my call your help is needed birds we need your help need your help please come and bring your friends. Come, birds. Help us. Yeah, this is telepathy, right? If you put four fingers, two and two on your head, that is telepathy. Shira does go. it where she does like a triangle and she's like, she really birds. channels it. She's got direct TV. She gets the, the radio waves come out of her freaking yeah. head. Birds, birds. So yeah, we could literally play that, David. Birds, birds, because the bird people come and I guarantee you this horde never saw anything like this because we haven't. They gave a great fight and at the end you have our heroines circled by the Jun Horde. Then the bird evil, well, I guess not evil, bird people come and they basically- I think they are, but they're just- I think they'll eat anything, but just because of that connection with the bird connection saved them. So they dissolved the Jun Horde, literally. And they the closed the are... gates down. Bye. And Dar, Dar at some point is like, uh, let's get back inside the gates, please. Because it's like, a, it's a massacre. It's a massacre. It's an army of these bird people eating everybody. And they also, and they also set the moat on fire, the tar moat. Which looked, again, another visual fantastic shot. Marcus singer said that they were exhausted on this movie and like right on top of the flames and things like that like he said he wanted to do as much stunts as he could because he wanted to be the beast master the beast master and david the following day seth invites dar to be the new king but dar explains that hal would make a better king and he leaves Dar sets off in the wild with Kira. Sharak, Sharak, that's the the bird. Sharak and I like Kodo. when he does the he does the hawk <laughs> to the to the bird. He's so so a few things. Tal is is injured at some point because they're trying to start the fire and they keep getting shot with arrows. Yeah, I thought he was gonna die, but no. So basically, Dar does end up giving him his 
his weapon, passing it on to him like his father Passed did, on. which I, th- I thought it was a beautiful thing. And then Poto, as I mentioned earlier, her head pops up and she gave birth to two baby ferrets. And that's when I went, oh, oh, oh. do you think I, I think in the next movie, Kodo and Poto are her babies. I think she passed away and those are the two babies are Kodo and Poto. Oh, is that why? The new, the new Kodo and Poto. That makes so much sense, David. You're right. That may, And you know, we know his creative mind wouldn't think of other names. So he would go Kodo and Poto 2 and there's probably Kodo and Poto 4 and 5. Or, or it's, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> And Kira, so she does not appear in the sequel. Matter of fact, nobody does. And by the time the third movie comes around, Tony Todd plays Seth. He replaces our Good Times actor. We, of course, did not do Beastmaster 2, David, but what you remember that from that is basically what it's Masters of the Universe Part 2, because Dar goes to present-day 80s, and, you know, another way of saving money, of course, is to send a fan fantasy star into to earth but this movie david has the legacy of you know the film was syndicated over and over and over the film performed modestly at the box office it built a strong cult following over the years here in the u.s it was frequently replayed on HBO and TBS. And then this is uh, this is the, the quote that I saw on a few different websites. It was often so played that they dubbed TBS the Beastmaster station. And HBO, hey, Beastmasters is on. This so movie- I remember, and we've talked about this, I remember as a child, there was a certain amount of movies that were always overplayed, but I still watch them every time. The Beastmaster, Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger, yes. Seemed to always be played. Maybe The Goonies. The Golden Child, I feel like, was on Gold Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. Star Wars. And then straight porn after 10 o'clock, which I didn't watch because I was in bed by them. But that was always, you know, you knew that it was something was happening. You're watching something and it's like, you know, it's getting, it's something's happening. So you turn the TV off. But when you have Dar, who needs porn? There's a buffet of man right in front of you. I mean, smoking body. But anyway, go ahead. Mark Singer described his outfit as a leather hula outfit. Him and Tanya Roberts were continuously freezing because this was filmed in cold times in the winter. And while the crew and director was wearing parkas, they were literally in their loincloths and freezing. That sucks. So the Beastmaster received the sequel, 1991, the Beastmaster 2, Through the Portal of Time. And then the made-for-television third film aired in 1996 on Universal Television's Action Pack hour and it is entitled Beastmaster 3 The Eye of Braxis Braxius and then both sequels feature Mark Singer in the role of Dar the films were followed by a syndicated television show in 1999 that David lasted three seasons which I had no idea from October 1999 to May 13th of 2002 with a total of 66 episodes and even getting the feeling from the pictures and the way it was described was very Hercules and Xena inspired. I guess they were going to party like it's 1999. Well, the the series actually, this is funny. I mean, I, I think I would actually be maybe um, interested. It, it said Grace Jones, I think, even did an episode like of the series and Mark Singer played a character he returned to the beastmaster tv show he played a character like an older character and he made guest appearances on the show this is we have to mention of course gene siskel our friends of the chicago tribune gave it two stars out of four and wrote that it isn't bad as much as it is overlong. After one of the film's major bad guys has been bumped off, the film inexplicitly goes on for another 20 minutes. In this sort of brainless adventure film, one climax is enough. I get that, that you kill the big bad, but honestly, in real life, that probably would happen. You know, the army would still be on its way and probably continue either way, so I'm okay with that. Well, in all honesty... 
I was surprised how long it went on, but I have no problem climaxing more than once. Oh my god, dude, you got double. You got watching double this, here. Watching this film. So I think, again, they missed their mark. I guess their point could be taken, but here's the thing. For me, I knew the Jun Horde was still out there. The Jun Horde was right. not hanging out with Mayax. So it left it open. Either you had two different ways of going at it. When they did Beastmaster 2, you could have t- started where it was left off, which probably would yes. have been a, a very short movie because then that could have been where the Jun Horde comes to quote unquote seek revenge but I don't think I think it would have just ended there because the adventure was over there's nobody in power it's not like the Jun Horde are almost like nomads they're not like they. I don't think they stay in one particular spot they're like a like a professional army yeah, traveling all throughout this thing that's right so I agree and I'm sure David the TV version is cut down substantially I'm sure with commercials they have to cut out the nudity and things like that so this on TV probably does flow quicker than as we remember well you that movie has something for everyone truly if you're a boob man you got boobs if you like a loincloth you got a loincloth if, if you, you like, like witches if you like leather it's got some fetishes if you like if you, if you like with faces and, and if, you, if, you, if you yeah if you like somebody that you need to put a paper bag over their head <laughs> you got that too what can i tell you it's it's it's, it's something for everybody you like animals you're an animal lover you got animals i mean Truly. really what you does, really do what 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 doesn't appeal you have you have people of different nationalities and races or whatever not races different nationalities you have animals being loved and showing love to their human companions so yeah that's what gets me that's truly what got me this is the last one before next week's finale where we're doing conan the destroyer with grace dun 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 grace jones grace jones we got to get some grace in here before the summer's over. So you would would you recommend this still in 2023? I'm going to recommend this movie. How do I put this? If you can sit through four hours of The Hobbit. Oh, yeah. No, I like The Hobbit. Hey, don't you talk I'm about... I'm not one of those Hobbit people. Samwise Ganges. If you can watch those movies, you can certainly watch this. Obviously not the same cinematography, not the same score. It was entertaining. Uh, the only reason why I set, stopped and said it was, it was long in my mind was because I have kids running around and I'm like, I have to stop to put out little fires physically and probably mentally. So I'm trying to watch this loincloth action. I didn't think it was too long if you were invested in the movie. And I thought, again, the, the film was in pristine condition. I didn't see any degradation whatsoever in what I saw. I honestly, David, I really, really, I think I'm going to go out there and try to look for the Blu-ray. Because, I, yes, I don't think I'll watch this movie like I would do Dawn of the Dead or something over and over. But I want to see how good it looks on a Blu-ray and a 4K restoration. Like, I think it would look even more gorgeous. So I would be interested in that. Matter of fact, if there's a sale, radical ones, let me know. Let me know. If you see a sale on the Beastmaster 4K. But honestly, I don't even have a 4K TV. So eh. anyway, I, David, described it all in all as I wrote this down. A video game mixed with He-Man, mixed with Thundercats. And and give me everything I love. Animals, the love of animals. Again, like I've said a hundred times, the animals, the animals, the animals. But this is a movie I think it's feel good. Has very creepy moments. The the intro with the witches, with the baby being born. The bird people. But at the same time, lightheartedness. Like you're saying that playful tone with the panther when he's trying to say, get out of here. Thanks for helping me. But come on, I want to. It's very cute, lighthearted. I will save my opinion of my favorite movie movie so far that we covered this summer but this is high up there i really enjoyed it i i suggest watching it i think if you're if you're into that sort of genre i think there's nothing wrong with that i think it's a great thing to look at and again it didn't it was it wasn't hard on the eyes as far as it was a good quality <laughs> no it wasn't hard on the eyes well oh, yes it wasn't for the gratuitous nudity and stuff but i'm talking about the quality of the film and if anybody doesn't know ryan is a big big 
animal lover. I mean, I love I love animals too, but he takes it to a new level. When I visited him, he used to be able to like literally, and I'm I'm not even kidding when I say I called him Snow White. He would get the animals would come down from the sky, literally birds, wild birds, and he would feed them out of his hand. Now you tell me, squirrels, feral <laughs> cats, possums all come to him. He feeds them. My he can even he, he can even touch them. So any I don't recommend animal, that radical ones. Definitely, you know, Feel out in a wild animal before you touch them, but yes, yes, that's that's the disclosure. We're not asking, we're not telling you to touch wild animals, but apparently Ryan has the gift. And then, of course, wash your hands right after. You never know, right? <laughs> Salmonelli. Radical Ones, thank you again for continuing with us on our Summer of Swords and Sorcery. We have one more movie. We're so excited about that. Because it's been years for me to see that movie, by the way. Oh my god, I haven't seen it in so long, couldn't even tell you. Oh, and then of course we have Thundercats the last week, and then we are taking a break through September. But of course, Radical Ones, it's not a break for us because we will be recording episodes for October during that break. As always, you can reach David at Universal Appeal 2020, all one word on Instagram, as well as the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. One word on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and every place that you can find podcasts thank you again for joining us thank you david for discussing loincloths as well as this movie arg arg koto poto to you akuna matata bye everybody bye This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.